Hello and welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette, a publication of Citizens Union Foundation. Thanks very much for tuning in here for this episode of the show. We are in city budget season. We are right in the thick of it now that city budget season goes from January all the way until June or even right at the start of July. So it's a long city budget season and a lot of it is influenced by the state budget, which at the time of our discussion here on Wednesday, April 6th is now several days late, but we're expecting a state budget deal sometime soon, any minute it could be announced. Uh, So by the time you're hearing this, there may be an announcement of a state budget deal. They may even have passed some state budget bills by the time you're listening to this. And that state budget will impact the New York City budget, of course, which is due by July 1st. The city budget season starts uh, with the mayor releasing his preliminary budget. Mayor Eric Adams released a budget coming in at about $98.5 billion. And then it was the subject of weeks of city budget hearings Uh, including the initial hearing and a process overseen by my guest today, who is City Council Member Justin Brannon, a Brooklyn Democrat who chairs the City Council's Finance Committee. Just recently, after those weeks of hearings and then lots of internal discussions and external discussions, the City Council issued its formal response to the mayor's preliminary budget. We're going to dig in with on that with the council member Brandon here in just one minute. Uh, a bunch of interesting aspects of that response to discuss and then negotiations will continue after this, including the mayor's executive budget plan, which is due later this month. And then another round of city council hearings on that budget plan, more negotiations, lots of rallies and press conferences and op-eds and discussions and uh, behind the scenes negotiations, public negotiations, and so forth until a budget deal is struck between the city council and the mayor before the July 1 start of the new city fiscal year. So my conversation with city council member Justin Brandon in just one moment. If you missed any of our recent reporting at GothamGazette.com, find it. Uh, We've been covering the state budget process, the city budget process, and a whole bunch of interesting issues uh, and political dynamics and so forth. And you can find all that reporting at GothamGazette.com. Here on Max Politics, if you've missed any of our recent conversations, I've had a whole bunch of great guests discussing a wide range of topics from public health to housing to cryptocurrency clean energy, mental illness policy, and much more. I've been joined recently by State Senator Gustavo Rivera of the Bronx, State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ord of Upstate, who leads the Senate Republicans. I uh, did an exit interview with Dr. Dave Chakshi right before he left his position as New York City Health Commissioner, and a whole bunch of other interesting guests with great conversations. So find those at Max Politics, wherever you get your podcasts or at the Gotham Gazette website. All right. City Council Member Justin Brannon, chair of the Finance Committee. Um, I would start by asking you how you're doing, but I have to preface by saying you have COVID. And so how are you doing with that? Are you are you OK? Thank you for taking the time to do this despite that. Sure. Anything for you, Ben. Um, I am doing I am doing well, thankfully, uh, because I was I've been vaccinated and boosted um, this this my second bout of covid here is really just uh, like a, a bad cold. So I'm thankful. Uh, I'm thankful for being vaccinated. Otherwise, I could probably be in the emergency room right now. So I'm glad my vaccines and boosting and everything is working the way it should be. 
All right. Well, glad to hear that. Uh, if you have to go through this and, and hope, uh, hope you clear the virus uh, quickly and are, and are back at it. Uh, so, so hang in there. Um, Thank you. Again, thanks for taking the time to do this uh, despite that. So, you, so uh, top lines from you, the city council published uh, its, its response to the mayor's preliminary budget. This again, as I tried to outline in the introduction, there's a lengthy process here. This is one very big moment in the process, though, because when the mayor does his executive budget, it's not going to look that different than the preliminary budget. And as you go into you know, the next phases, so much really does depend on the preliminary budget and the council's uh, asks here in response. So what are the top lines from the council response here that you want to highlight for New Yorkers that you are saying to Mayor Adams? Hey, as you craft your executive budget plan, we want you to do X, Y, and Z. What are some of the things that you're trying to uh, move ahead in the process here? Sure. So thanks for giving me the opportunity, Ben. Um, yeah, I think overall this process is a marathon and not a sprint. And I'll probably be saying that through June. Um, but this is definitely um, you know, a big moment, especially after concluding a month of hearings. We, uh, we had 28 uh, oversight hearings where my colleagues, um, you know, explored uh, all the themes that we then baked into our preliminary response. Um, and this is a big deal because the, the budget is arguably the single most important policy document produced by not only the mayor, but but by the city council. Um, so this is definitely a big, a big moment for us uh, as a body. It's really the first time that we're uh, coming out and and talking about uh, our values and, and what we care about, and and I, uh, I've been saying all along. I mean, I think it, um, it's important to see that uh, it's you know uh, a budget is not just an itemized list of of income and expenditures. It's it's a moral manifest, and everything in our budget response is something that the council believes is worth fighting for, um, and uh, you know I, I think. Now more than ever, New Yorkers want to see tangible results. Um, and, and I'm not afraid to use the word taxpayer because people pay a lot in taxes. Uh, they, pay, they, they pay their fair share in taxes and, and they want to see a return on their investment. Um, and, uh, and, and that's our job. And, and I, uh, my colleagues and I and Speaker Adams believe that the, to really have a true recovery, it requires real and meaningful and, and tangible um, investments and, and to secure the equitable recovery uh, that we all need and deserve and to improve public safety, uh, we've, we've got to invest. We cannot mm-hmm. cut our way to prosperity. So um, our preliminary budget um, reflects um, you know, the goals of the council overall and, and the outcomes of, of the 28 uh, oversight hearings that we did. And uh, we, we focused on filling gaps that were left in the mayor's initial spending plan. Um, and it's it's really, um, it, it's, you know, it's everything from expanding youth employment and development programs to, um, you know, investing in wage equity for our human service providers, nonprofits, uh, we've got uh, a call for a property tax rebate for homeowners, um, you know, uh, providing effective mental health approaches and treatment, um, 
you know, CTE and apprenticeship uh, programs, uh, meeting the needs of special education, pre-K, uh, a big issue sort of which has become the equity issue that it should be is funding basic city services to our sanitation department, to our parks department, Um you know, so it was really a, a robust process over the past two months. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of work was done through uh, BNT, which is our budget negotiating team. Um, but but also a lot of work was done, you know, uh, with the folks who aren't on BNT um, to to get to a place where we, we could put, you know, put out a document that everyone felt good about. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that's interesting about it is reviewing this response. You know, as you say, it, it's sort of uh, the the release that the, the council put out. Um, City Council Speaker Adrian Adams, who obviously you as finance chair working very closely here, as well as finance, uh, fi- the finance committee staff, the city council central staff, and of course, all your colleagues and their staff and the different committee staff. There's a lot of people involved in this oh, yeah. process. And as you yeah. said, these these many hearings. Um, it, it's 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 a very sort of long list of saying okay we want another 10 million here 50 million there uh 80 million there you know it's 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 there's no you know seemingly there's no couple of really big priorities that are highlighted it's about as you said at least this is how it's framed and correct me if i'm wrong if you think there are a couple of of major highlights and and um, you know, maybe we'll get more of a sort of an agenda from the speaker as, you know, she's only been in office, obviously, here a few months um, uh, in terms of like sort of her agenda or her agenda for the council um, in, in the coming months before this budget or, or maybe after. But it seems like, as you say, the focus is on what you what you all say are filling in the gaps left in the mayor's budget. So it's it's a, sort of this wide sampling of more money for programs X, Y, Z and, and so forth. Um, go ahead and respond to that if you want, but let me ask, you know, it seems like there's been this major, major theme, as you say, on sort of basic city services, especially sanitation. I was wondering if you wanted to comment on that specifically, sort of how trash pickup and sanitation services sort of became this major, major focus area. It's obvious that it's, you know, one reason is because people just are unhappy with the cleanliness in their neighborhoods. Um, There were obviously some pandemic uh, cuts to services that Mayor de Blasio made, and then some of those were uh, reversed, but not fully. Um, so, So I guess two parts. One, am I right to say, as you sort of alluded to, that it's just, it's a, it's sort of a, a lot of investments in a lot of different directions that you're trying to add into what the mayor presented and B um, how did, how did this sanitation issue become, you know, at the forefront here in some ways? Sure. So, you know, first, first to be clear, which I think some, some folks might, might not still, still know um, or, or understand is we don't start at zero and spend money until we're full, right? Like the, the, the city is mandated to spend the revenue it takes in. We're required by law uh, to balance the budget. So that means you got to spend smart and then you got to save where you can. Um, The sanitation issue was very interesting because I remember during past couple of budgets screaming at the top of my lungs saying the budget is so massive that you could cut from here, there and everywhere. And not feel a pinch. If you cut that sanitation budget, 
within 12 hours, you're going to see the effects of slashing that budget. And sure enough, 2020, 2021, we saw that. The mayor uh, cut, uh, you know, tra- corner basket pickup from, in some areas, five to six days a week to three days a week. Um, and with, you know, folks working from home and staying home more because of the pandemic, uh, it was just a complete disaster. You know, you had garbage cans overflowing, which just made people feel a certain way about their city. You had parks that looked more like the Amazon because we, you know, where you used to have five, you know, seasonal park workers, you now had one worker trying to do the work of five. So a lot of this is, is certainly getting back to basics um, and and trying to get back to a place where, uh, you know, the, the city was providing these basic services. And then on top of that, the council members could, um, you know, add in where they wanted to. So I don't want to get too into the weeds on discretionary funding and capital funding and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, for, I'll give you a for instance, right? The council has initiatives where you it's basically extra money that members can um, allocate to groups like the Doe Fund, for instance, who do supplemental sanitation quality of life services. When de Blasio cut the sanitation budget so drastically, the money that is normally uh, allocated to groups like the Doe Fund or Wildcat, FedCap, all these these great groups that do this work, we had to take that money and put it and give it back to the sanitation department just to get our corner baskets picked up, which is crazy, right? Because this is money that is normally given to local nonprofits and, and other groups. So a lot of it, it, a lot of it is basically, you know, during the pandemic, we we had to run a thousand miles into the woods, and now you first have to run a thousand miles out before you you can start from the beginning. So, um, you know, uh, the chair of our sanitation committee, Sandy Nurse you know, recognize this rightly as an equity issue, right? In, in neighborhoods, uh, everyone deserves to have a clean neighborhood. A clean neighborhood is a safe neighborhood. Safe neighborhood is foundation for everything else. So early on, we identified uh, these quality of life issues across the board. You know, the meetings I was I was having with members, the conversations in BNT, it was coming up everywhere. And that became immediately uh, we knew that was going to be a big, a big ask in our budget. Um, you know, again, just to get back to basics, like we're we're yeah. trying, and ultimately, what I'm trying to get to is six day a week garbage pickup, twice a day. Um, that's sort of the the gold standard, and then anything anything else w- would be extra. Uh, but it was definitely interesting. It was definitely interesting to see that over the past two years, the sanitation department has really seen a drastic decrease in the number of programs and services um, due to these budget cuts and composting has become a big issue. Um, but this was across the board, you know? Um, yeah, no, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. You know, you, you saw it even before some of the new city council members took office, they're doing things in November, December to try to get more trash pickup in their, you know, council districts that they're about to take over as the council member. And then, you know, you see people making these announcements in January, you know, celebrating. Right. I, I secured, the, you know, the, this many new trash. Yeah. It, it's a big it's deal. A man. It's a big deal. Yeah, big deal. It's also just, We've talked about this before. I don't want to take time here. Uh, you are are uh, generous with your time, especially with your with having COVID. But you know, we talked about this before about just sort of like 
the basic, just getting the basics of city government right. And it's just this confounding thing that these are even some of the debates and the discussions happening. And as you said, you know, city council members using discretionary funding to increase trash pickup just signals, you know, something very wrong. Um, and, and so hopefully yeah, I mean, I uh, say, in this budget look, process, that'll yeah. get worked out. Yeah. It, it, same, ultimately, the same government that we would love to see handle and manage universal health care is also picking up the trash. So mm-hmm. if I can't get the garbage picked up, if I can't trust my government to get the garbage picked up or get the weeds cut in the park, how can I trust them to deliver on these these big ticket items? And that's really the lens that I that I see it through and I think a lot of my colleagues see it through. People, you know, yeah. my colleagues want to make believers in 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 working people out of their government. They want to see that the government is working for them and that's why the budget is 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 so important. You know, and that's right. why. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, if you talk, if you look at surveys, if you if you just talk to people, obviously, you know, at the top of the list for New Yorkers um, are things like cleanliness in their communities that we're talking about, obviously, public safety and reducing crime, uh, affordable housing, mental health services, educational services. And so we're not going to get into all the details, but, you know, if people want to obviously read our Gotham Gazette reporting on it or the actual document itself, the city council here is proposing, as I said, additional sort of investments up, uh, on top of what the mayor outlined in a variety of these directions that hit at the, you know, the obvious needs in the city. There's always debates to be had about are you investing the right amount in the right programs and you know sure. we're not going to get into all that right now but but the council is putting forward a long list of, of further investments but let me ask you about that as a general theme here because obviously there was a tension on mayor adams coming in and saying we're going to tighten our belts a little bit uh you know government is inefficient we're we're wasting lots of money governments become bloated we can tighten things up uh, with a savings program and still spend roughly $100 billion on services for New Yorkers. Now, a huge percentage of that obviously goes to the Department of Education to run city schools, you know, and some of the other uh, big efforts of the city, but still spending roughly $100 billion on us while tightening our belts a bit. You as a city councilor coming back to that plan and saying, actually, we have a few more billion dollars to spend and we want to spend it while also putting money in reserves, any issue, you know, do you have any qualms about putting forward this plan that wants to increase spending by billions more, even though there will be investments in reserves? Um, You know, do you have any sort of hesitation about adding more spending on top of what the mayor, you know, proposed in terms of responsibly spending, you know, city tax dollars here? Sure. It's a great question. I mean, first, I don't automatically um, equate a peg with, with austerity, right? I think when 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 people first started hearing that the you know during the campaign trail, I think Mayor Adams, oh, then candidate Adams, um, basically vowed um, to 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 find these savings. Um, I don't think that you you know a, a peg has to mean austerity. I think efficiency should should always be what we're looking for because ultimately efficiency means we find efficiency we can find savings where we can spend more money on things that are important to help our most vulnerable. But I think a peg, always any savings have to be done 
um, with a, a, you know, a, a surgeon's blade and not with a sky. And I think that's where people rightfully get worried. The council um, took serious issue with implementing a peg without understanding the full impact that, that it would have on the city's ability to retain and hire staff and the impact that it would have on an agency's ability to deliver key services, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. You know, therefore, the, the, the spending measures that we proposed in our response were, were really focused on off, they were focused and offset by um, identifying revenue sources and, and savings and, and agency reductions, right? So without putting people to sleep, um, the council's economists, I mean, everyone's looking at the same numbers, right? The council, you know, economists, are, our revenue forecast, uh, it remains significantly more optimistic than the 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 prelim, um, the, the mayor's prelim, right? The February tax revenues were about $350 million above OMB predictions. March is, is heading in the same direction. Uh, early data on March tax revenues are trending up, again, significantly above um, projections. So the the council plan dramatically reduces the reliance on prior year resources, meaning, you know, spending from from money that was allocated in the past, modifies the the, the mayor's prelim with with higher tax revenues and additional savings. So by the economist- also add to the savings, right, right. Right. So by by our calculations, well, not me, people that are far smarter than I am, instead <laughs> of, in general, yeah. right, instead of, you know, uh, a structural deficit for FY 22 and 23, there actually is a small surplus. So excluding the rainy day fund and the retire the uh, the retiree health benefits trust, our financial plan includes approximately one point two billion in spending plus 90 million in tax reductions that are not found in the prelim. So basically, we're coming to the table and saying, we think we can spend more. And he, and here's where th- that would come from, right? We're not just, this isn't like a dear Santa list. This is us actually saying, we think we can spend more, we think you can, can afford it. And we're showing our work, right? We're showing our math, basically, to, 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 to the mayor. Um, so the council plan adds $3 billion to the rainy day fund, and, and to the, uh, the retiree benefits trust. And that leaves 600 million at the end of FY23 to roll into FY24. So that means that there, again, there's actually a, a small surplus here, you know, based on our calculations. So um, now, with everything going on in the world right now, um, and and with COVID still sort of with one eye open, um, you know, th- there's a lot to consider, right? And and I think that. Uh, you know, it's for all these reasons that we have to be cautious. Um, but, uh, you know, I think budgeting writ large remains precarious, but, but I think we're accounting for that. We're putting away money, mm-hmm. we're adding more money to the rainy day fund. And we're saying there's still money to fund and fill all these gaps that are, that the members of the council feel are important. So, um, you know, look, I, I think well, like you, like, like you said, starting out, I mean, this is still, we're still sort of in maybe the second or third inning here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a marathon and not a sprint. Months of negotiations still remain, you know, all of May is going to be executive budget hearings. Uh, but, but I think ultimately we're going to, we're going to come to a good place with, with city hall where we can arrive at an agreement that, that gives reality to, 
a safer, fairer, more prosperous city, which is ultimately that is that is the common thread here. I think that's what we all want. It's just a matter of uh, a matter of how we get there. Yeah. yeah. Listen, when there's when there's plenty, plenty of money like there is here, thanks to, you know, the huge influx of federal funds, thanks to higher than expected tax revenue, you know, the the. Obviously, there's issues with the city's recovery. There's still higher, you know, unemployment than pre-pandemic and then a lot of places. And there's been real issues with certain jobs, especially related to tourism and so forth coming back online. There's lot there's lots of money here to spend. And so it, it shouldn't be too contentious of a budget process. But for whatever wind up being those few issues that always wind up being a, a tug of war towards the end. Um Last couple questions for you, City Council Member Justin Brandon, Chair of the Finance Committee of the Council, and and uh, along with Speaker Adrian Adams and and many others uh, at the Council, both elected and and hired, um, uh, crafting of the Council response on the preliminary budget. Um, let me ask you this: Is there one thing that's a uh, City Council Member Brandon priority that you got in here? You know, is there something for for you? personally that you see as a, a really important citywide issue, something for your district? Is there something that you made sure to get in here that was like a, a you know, a top brand in priority? <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, the way that we do it is is very small D democratic, which I like. Um, you know, the, the, BN, the budget negotiating team, you know, this mythical group that everyone always asks about, um, basically what we do, we act as sort of a clearinghouse for the, the full body and all the ideas sort of are funneled through BNT. But the way that it's done is no one knows it's, it's a blind pool. Basically no one knows, you know, where the ideas are coming from. Um, and that's done on purpose, right? It's done so that uh, if you like an idea, but you don't like the person who's proposing it or vice versa, which, which I think is great um, because, you know, it, it allows for a very uh, democratic process. I mean, Look, I'm not going to lie. I love that quality of life issues are now becoming sexier than they've ever been. Um, it was it was often me and Paul Vallone were the only two maniacs screaming about garbage pickup. Um, and now we've got an army of folks who understand that this is an equity issue. And it's always been an equity issue. And, and we've always spoken about uh, uh, how important basic quality of life services are. So that's always been a big issue for me. I mean, look, I, I'm, I've always been a guy who, you know, I understand that the, 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 the average New Yorker who feels like, you know, they work like a dog and they, they just want to provide for their family and they just want to leave, you know, their family better off than, than, than how they got here. And they, they want a budget that is responsive to, you know, people's immediate reality, right? I live in a third story walk up. I walk down the stairs to take my kid to school. I get on the subway. I go to work. Everything that I see through that that routine every day, that is my immediate reality, right? The, the streets look dirty. There's a pothole I almost broke my ankle on. My kid's school, you know, it, it's doing well, but it, it could be doing better. I get on the subway. I see this. I see that. I go to work. I see everything else outside of that immediate reality is is extra. And it's it's important that you make a difference to that person's immediate reality. And when people hear these numbers, 98.5 billion, 1.2 billion, they think, oh my God, where is this money going? What? How am I seeing a return on my investment as a taxpayer? And I think that this council overall is united 
in making sure that the average working New Yorker sees a return on that investment. So quality of life stuff's important to me. Arts, arts and music in schools is something that's personal to me. Um, CUNY is important to me. Uh, but, but there's a lot of stuff that, that I've got a lot of backup on. And, and I'm just sort of, I'm leading from behind because a lot of my colleagues also, a lot of my colleagues, thankfully, also care about this stuff. Um, and, you know, look, we're excited to get this done. You got almost 40 new members who this is a brand new process. Um, and um, and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's a, a, a bunch of money that the council wants to see added in the direction of, of uh, the, the streets master plan, the bus lanes, the bike lanes, pedestrian space. We're not going to get into all that now, but that is one of the big sort of highlights out of this that, you know, many people came away with also pushing for more investment in parks and in affordable housing, you know, some of those really big buckets of, of city spending that touch so many people, um, uh, housing, parks, and street space. Um, so those, you know, those are really interesting to see exactly where those levels of investment land and what they're for. Um, and, you know, that will obviously tie in with what the mayor's vision on these things is. And he's, you know, expected in the coming months, he's only been in office almost 100 days, you know, to lay out more of his uh, governmental plans on parks, housing, uh, and, and streetscape. Um, but, my last question to you is relates to all of that and everything we're talking about here, which is uh, the the headcount issue of city personnel. And some people might think about this again as a little bit of this, like um, you know, sort of wonky budget discussion. But it's actually about implementing all of this stuff and making sure that it happens. The mayor, as part of his savings plan, you know, is looking to eliminate a a whole bunch of the vacancies that currently exist at various city departments. There's questions around whether uh, a number of city agencies and departments have enough personnel to execute the mission. Uh, There's obviously questions as the the mayor has gotten at about efficiency, about whether uh, current personnel counts are actually um, you know, doing, doing the job as well as they should be and, and ways to increase accountability. All of that being said, just uh, let's close out here on this question about how you're, you know, as a council, you're sort of pushing back on some of that and, and what you're thinking about how to right size the allotments of uh, personnel at city agencies, because this is a this is a big issue in terms of implementing any of the stuff you want to do. Sure. And about um, there's this it ties in with this question. I don't know if you want to go there on this, but it ties in with this question of whether city government is losing a lot of people because of the rigidity of a lack of sort of hybrid work and work from home. Uh, there's been some you know, discussion of that and some reporting on that. And it ties into the vacancies and the vacancies that the mayor wants to partially eliminate from the budget. So some closing thoughts on that, if you would. That's a hell of a last question, Ben. Um, <laughs> Uh, so that was gonna I, that was gonna come before the was there a specific Brandon thing? You know the the Brandon ask was like the you know the softball finish. Oh, that was my softball. I swear, I well, you know, I switched so, the I switched the order. <laughs> so, a couple of things. I think there's I think there's two main buckets here, right? There's the folks who the, the city workers where remote work is an option, and the city workers where by definition of what they do, remote work is not an option. Essential workers who, uh, you know, a parks maintenance guy, sanitation worker, a cop, a fireman, an EMT, 
they can't do remote work, right? So I think if you look through our the, the long form, uh, our, our prelim budget response, you're going to see a lot of asks where we the council is call is calling um, for right-sizing agencies and, and calling for a budget to support hiring for, for all vacancies at necessary uh, salary levels, depending on agency, right? Because like you said, we've identified the same thing. I can't call to give agency X an extra XX million dollars if they don't have the headcount to enact uh, you, you know, what, what we're calling for, right? Whether it's uh, DOB headcount, whether it's landmarks, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the Equal Employment uh, Practices Commission, uh, obviously sanitation, you know, with, with uniform headcount cuts there, civiliancy uh, vacancy headcount head cuts. So, I mean, there's a lot of spots. And and like, like I said, HPD, of course, I mean, HPD is a big, big one, right? So yeah. I think that That's a lot of these- Housing, housing preservation and development for those right. unfamiliar with the acronyms. Yeah, There's nobody listening to this that doesn't know what HPD is. <laughs> You got to know your audience. You got to know your audience. We're trying to always expand the audience. Fine. fine. (laughs) Uh, So I think it's imperative that all these agencies uh, are allowed to, you know, maintain their current headcount, but also where we're calling for restoration and funding or obviously increase in funding, it's got to go along with, with those vacancies and, and, and headcount, right? Like I, I take back to before where I said during the dark days of COVID where I had in parks, one park seasonal park worker doing the work of five, those five, those five workers need to come back because the one worker was underwater. There was what what that worker was being asked to do was right. So it's basically we're we're trying to get back to that basic level um, because the cuts that were made during COVID, sure, we hobbled through it, and and our essential workers did a, a, a heroic Herculean job, but it, mm. it can't exist like that. It can't continue like that. That was code red emergency times uh, where this was a crisis. So yes, did we hobble through? Did we make it through? Of course. But now we've got to get, we, we can't go back and say, well, you know, we, we made it through like that. So I guess we could just continue, you know, working, you know, w- with a, a one-legged chair. So mm-hmm. I think you'll see in the long-firm, the long-firm prelim response, um, there's a lot of calls that are tied to uh, you know, restoration funding calls that are tied to headcount, um, you know, t- mm-hmm. to make that make sense. Because like you point out, I can't write you a check if you don't have the staff to actually go do the thing, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So, but, but that's definitely an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I know there was discussion of this in, in quite a few of the preliminary budget hearings where you had the leaders of the different different, you know, city agencies and departments in front of the council and you had, you know, other top leaders of those agencies and you asked about different headcount. You know, I know a lot of this discussion has to happen behind the scenes because there's almost no way to get into all of the nitty gritty on that during these hearings. But, you know, the question about tying sort of spending and headcount and program goals and outcomes, you know, seems to it's sort of like hanging around all this, but not always, you know, explicitly sort of shown. And we, you know, we get the mayor's management report, which even people listening to this don't read, Um, (laughs) you know, it it seems like, 
you know, it's, it seems like a really interesting discussion that we'll, we'll have you back to discuss more because I'm going to let you go. But, um, you know, that these questions that the mayor is, I think, very rightfully trying to get at in terms of right-sizing things to match what's the need, you know, how do we get good productivity? How do we, of course, treat workers well? And all, all these pieces that absolutely. come into the- Absolutely. And, and, we, and, the, and, and the council is absolutely on that same page. We want efficiency. We don't want austerity. There's tons of bloat in these agencies. People should not get scared that when we say finding efficiency, ultimately, we want to find the efficiency so we can use those savings to spend on our most vulnerable in these critical, you know, social, social safety net programs, right? We don't want to, uh, the, the, there's so much bureaucracy in these agencies. And yeah. so one of the, one of the reasons why I supported the mayor was because he's identifying that we could be spending our money so much smarter. Um, and I don't think people should be afraid of that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And this is, uh, this is one of the, I think the big takeaways of the de Blasio years was, you know, a lot of really well-intentioned programs and, and, you know, uh, policies, but not enough attention on sort of this, you know, this question of effectiveness. Um, anyway, not, not to go down that road. Um, right. Okay, we didn't get into um, a whole bunch of stuff related to, you know, sort of uh, a couple, you know, some high profile departments. We'll, we'll, we'll catch back up with you as the budget. It's a marathon, goes. not a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, Ben. Next, yeah, next time we're definitely going to dig in on, um, you know, sort of spent spending on the department of correction and some other, other places that are obviously really being uh, sort of discussed and debated here. But Thank you for the for the time. I kept you longer um, because you sound so healthy. But good luck. With, um, <laughs> I am filled with, with the promise—the promise of a city budget that works there, for all. There you go. Good luck with hopefully clearing this this COVID bout soon. And and thanks for taking the time. We'll catch up with you more soon. Cool. Thanks, man.